Well, hey, everyone. Good evening. Uh, my name is Chuck. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from fear and lust. Hey, guys, uh, pray with me. Father, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your unending grace. I pray that your story that you've written in my life and that you continue to write in my life will just flow through these words tonight and that I would have the, the perfect peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> As a young child, I recall attending Catholic services on Sundays, seeing the crucifix hang in a few rooms of our home. There was a Bible that sat on top of an end table in our living room that I perceived to be more decoration than anything else. From first grade through third, I attended a Catholic school with, along with three of my siblings. During these three years, we would often ask to be transferred to public schools so that we could be like the rest of the kids that we knew. This was truly the extent of what I experienced or identified with God, with, a, with about God growing up. We didn't pray together as a family, we didn't discuss who God was, and we never even mentioned the name of Jesus. By the time I was a teenager, we'd stopped attending any Catholic services altogether, and it seemed any evidence of God in our home was gone. I was glad to have these Sundays back at that age. At some point, I remember making the false connection that church was simply for good people and those that lived a good life. Although it would be many years later, God would use this false understanding to draw me to himself. My home life was marked by an angry and violent-tempered father. My fears and patterns of seeking escape formed very early in my childhood. My siblings and I all walked on eggshells, and we learned early to keep the peace in our home and as much as possible. Heading into my adolescent years, my parents' marriage was falling apart as my father grew more absent and sought out physical relationships with other women. As I progressed into my teen years, I found myself seeking escape in drugs and pursuing sexual relationships. I used drugs as a means to numb the pain and further suppress my feelings of fear and anger. The pursuit of sexual relationships led me to a false sense of affirmation, security, and love. By the time I reached adulthood, my life was a constant search for escape, pleasure, peace, and security in the things of this world. Mixed in with, mixed in with this were feelings of anger and bitterness for the way I perceived my life had unfolded. Though I would suppress my hurts and fears, it was about this time that I began to develop deep resentments. Over time, these unresolved resentments would fuel my anger. The use of drugs and physical relationships as a means for coping would eventually bring destruction and lifelong consequences. The first was being a part of an abortion just a few months after graduating from high school. The second was a daily habit of using marijuana that would last nearly two years and eventually lead to a felony drug arrest. Life was simply a cloud that I existed in. I had no feeling or understanding of what was going on in my life. I was 19, and this was the start of my adult life. I didn't know who God was, and I certainly didn't believe that I was loved or loved by Him. Lost in this numbness, I didn't understand the magnitude of the decisions I was making, and I was without godly people in my life to shepherd me to His truth. <clears throat> I could not see it at the time, but God was, in fact, pursuing me. He didn't call me his own so that I could live a life of abusing drugs and seeking affirmation and love through physical relationships. He would use the arrest and wave of absolute turmoil that it brought into my life to set me on a path of sobriety from drugs. I would eventually give up my drug habit and find that I needed to make a life for myself. As I often stated in groundwork, of, as they often, as is often stated in the in groundwork of regeneration, we have to change our playmates and our playground. 
Although I did do this with people and places that influenced my drug use, I continued seeking inappropriate relationships. After finishing college, I also found a new outlet to give myself to, which was my work. I thrived on long hours at work and devotion to building a career that would provide money and what I thought was certain would be significance. This empty pursuit would be filled with highs and lows and ultimately leave me feeling insignificant, fearful, and angry. The fur this further propelled my search for love and affirmation, security through physical relationships. Over the course of the next 15 years, I would go in and out of these destructive relationships. The first was, of such was with a married woman at my office at work. A number of years later, I began an inappropriate relationship with a woman who I managed at work. This later evolved into us living together outside of marriage over a period of nearly four years. During this time, my struggles with fear and anger grew with intensity. I was fully immersed in my work with hopes of finding freedom from my fears and security in worldly success, accomplishments, and money. I would use alcohol, prescription pills, and pornography to seek escape and cope with my fears of failure and rejection at work. It was about this time I began to recall upon my beliefs that church was for good people who lived good lives. I wanted to see if by attending I could make it into this group of good people. I knew I wasn't living a good life and I certainly didn't feel like a good person. I recall at the time purchasing a Bible and setting it on the table what had to be at least a year before I began reading it. I also began attending church regularly. God used my time attending church to speak to my heart. For the first time, I was learning that God loved me and wanted to have a relationship with, and he wanted me to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. Eventually, I began to read the Bible that I had purchased. I have always had an analytical mind and often sought, sought and seek watertight understandings and explanations. The concept of the Trinity would not only test these tendencies, but it would captivate me and propel me to know more and more about our God. As I poured through the Gospels, God opened my heart to my need for a savior and an understanding that a relationship with him and forgiveness of sins is made possible only through Jesus. I knew I needed a savior and received his offer of forgiveness and placed my trust in him for my salvation. It was simply undeniable. God was pursuing me. I could look back on my life and see that he was drawing me to himself. John 6, through 45 says, no one can come to me unless drawn by the father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. As my prayer life began to grow, I would ask God to move in my life and direct me, and he did. Though my struggles did not disappear, I slowly ended the inappropriate relationship. I continued to attend church and read his word. I found a hunger for him growing in my life. I no longer saw church as a place just for good people, and I began to see that following Christ was the way for the lost. As Luke 19.10 says, for the son, of man, the son of man came to seek out and save the lost. As I slowly began to seek a life with God, I would meet my wife, who would go on to play a significant support role in my recovery and my walk with Christ. Despite the blessings of my marriage, I brought my struggles forward. In the first four years of our marriage, we battled with infertility and failed attempts at adoption. This greatly intensified my fears of failure and rejection. It was as if I was at war with myself and potential failure was all around me. I couldn't control that we didn't have children, couldn't have children, and now I would have to fully trust God in our journey through adoption. During these times when my fears were elevated, my anger was not far behind. Prior to getting married, I was pre prescribed a prescription medication to help with pain for a long-standing medical condition. 
I was cautioned of the potential for abuse, and for the first years I adhered to a safe schedule of use. However, I began to use the medication for greater lengths of time and to help with sleeping, long international flights, and especially my anxiety, which was growing. After years of misuse, I had developed a full-on dependence and couldn't function without it. I'd learned that my years of misuse would set the stage for a lengthy and painful withdrawal process. It would last almost a year and bring me to the point of truly wanting to die. God used this to break me and bring me to my knees. My life was unmanageable and I knew it had to change. As always, his timing was perfect. I entered recovery for the first time in 2013, almost a year removed from abusing prescription pills. I had just journeyed through what felt like a lost year of my life. I was extremely anxious, depressed, and of course, angry. I was particularly angry with God. Over the course of the previous year, I had pleaded with him on countless occasions to heal my pain and suffering during this time of withdrawals. I recalled many times struggling to function at work and not even knowing how I would travel for meetings. My heart would pound out of my chest and my head would spin and the most basic of tasks during this time were difficult. I would hit my knees in prayer asking God to give me back the life that I thought I once had and thankfully he did not. Though I could not see it at the time, he had, a much better he had a much better life planned for me. Though I wanted him to fully restore me and grant me that silver bullet, he instead would use this time in my life to begin showing me that though I had a strong head knowledge of his word, my heart was far from him. By this time, I had heard about regeneration countless times during Sunday service announcements. I had read over and over the tagline, Recovery in Christ When Life Was Broken. At that time, I was most attracted to the promise of fixing my broken life. I knew my life was broken, and I wanted it fixed. I entered regeneration, desperate for change. My first night, I recall thinking, this is where all the crazies gather on Monday. I didn't like sharing, the I didn't like sharing with large groups of strangers, and I recall telling my wife that I can't relate with any of these people. I reluctantly continued and became committed to being there every Monday night. As I worked through the steps, I slowly began to realize I lacked a true understanding of Christ's love for me. I was only comprehending he was God's son who died on a cross for the sins of the world. Though I had accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, deep down my issues with low self-worth were preventing me from truly believing I was one of those that he died for. I knew I was a sinner in need of Christ, but I had counted myself out as not worthy of his love and great sacrifice. About eight months into regeneration, my wife and I received a call from an adoption agency <clears throat> excuse me, letting us know that we had been chosen by a birth mother. Within a, few f within a few weeks, we had a newborn in our home. Our lives were completely upside down, and our new son had some challenges with his health, and he was, he was not altogether well. I made the decision to pull out of regeneration and return as soon as our son was well. This ended up being a blessing in disguise as I would later come to realize I had not embraced step three, which is to trust. In my desire to find healing, I had focused my energy on step four and the following steps. I was convinced this is where I would find freedom. In 2015, a little more than a year later, I returned to regeneration. This time around, I was not coming into recovery and desperation as I previously had. However, my fears were still controlling me, and I was terrified my son would live the life, would live out his life with an angry father just as I had. The thought he would be afraid of me or seek escape because of me terrified me. I, drove, I dove back into the material, embracing the opportunity to not only find recovery, but to find lasting recovery in Christ. 
I knew Christ was my only hope for change. As I came to step three, I realized I truly had not trusted Christ with my daily life. Though I had accepted him for salvation, I wanted, I wanted to run my daily life. Step three requires action, and most importantly, to make a decision to trust him with all areas of our lives, holding nothing back. God began to show me that his instructions found in Scripture were not merely optional suggestions or statements. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In inventory, God would open my heart to show me the idols that fed my fears. As I surveyed my inventory, I would repeatedly find that I idolized being viewed in high esteem, well, being well-respected and loved. I thought if I had these things, I would not find myself in fear. I could finally see that in my fear of rejection were the desires to win the approval and acceptance of man instead of acknowledging that I'm already accepted by God, the creator, of all, the creator of all things, and my Savior. Though my fears were very real, I began to see my own pride in believing that I had to not only be accepted by men, but to be looked upon favorably. As I continued through the remaining steps, I began to experience freedom from my fears. And step seven, follow, helped me to understand that lasting freedom would only come, way, would come one way, from loving God, following Christ, relying on his Holy Spirit, this was pivotal for me. I had to seek God's direction and will for my life, not my own. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. This verse reminds me that recovery is a moment-by-moment -moment trust in Christ and a daily submission to his will. Transformation did not come because I completed regeneration or because I did everything perfect. It happened and still happens as I surrender to God's love day by day. And some days I do this better than others, and some days I blow it. And when I do, I'm reminded of my need for Christ and his perfect payment for my sins. Daily faithfulness. This is the path for each of us. As we stay on this journey with Christ, we are afforded the opportunity to look back and see the fruits of a life surrendered to him. Today, I'm constantly aware and reminded that recovery is not merely a season of time spent in regeneration. My path to sanctification and freedom from sin is through Christ and in him alone. And when the trials and tribulations of this world press in around me, and they still do, the tools I learned in regeneration help point me back to him, to truth. In the past, when life got messy, I would immediately seek escape through various forms of coping, and I'd find no lasting peace. I would allow my fears to linger, and before long, I would seek to control every aspect of life, eventually becoming angry, quick to speak, and slow to listen. But when I'm still before my Lord and trusting Him with my entire life, not just parts of it, bringing my struggles into the light through confession and practicing repentance daily, I find the time between these seasons of great fear to be longer and longer. I've had the privilege to co-lead three closed groups since we started the ministry here in Plano. I often tell the guys in the current recovery group that I lead that I still struggle and I am far from perfect. In fact, when I find myself in a season of fear and anxiety, I'm quickly reminded that my recovery is a lifelong process. I must continue to work the steps and consciously live out step three, trust. 
Step 10, continue, also reminds me that I must not only continue to promptly confess and turn from sin and follow Christ, but I have to continue to examine my life. I have found that in this examination, God is extremely faithful. He lets me know when I'm wandering from him. He shines light on areas where, I, where, my, where my struggles with fear might still be lingering, and he calls me out of idolatry and finding purpose in the things of this world. One of the greatest blessings of recovery has been in how God is working on me in the relationships with those I love most. Though I did not have a role model for how to be a husband or father in my home growing up, I am seeing that through God's word his Holy, and his Holy Spirit, I have the perfect example of how to love and shepherd my wife and my son. I have seen God strengthen my marriage as I seek and become fully willing to make amends when I have harmed my wife. I'm open to wise counsel from godly men in my life that can speak words of God's truth, whereas in the past, I wouldn't have even shared my struggles or ways I might have harmed those I love. I invite my wife into my life by sharing my struggles and by letting her know when I am not fully trusting God. Instead of becoming angry and short-tempered, I am prayerful, and with an open heart, I seek wisdom from God. I come before him. I make a conscious decision to follow the words of James 1, 5 through 6. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. But ask in faith, never doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. I am also seeing God clearly and lovingly guide me in being a father to my son. Shortly after he was born, I quickly realized through wise counsel from my wife that I was letting my fears of rejection and failure, potential failure as a father, uh, was attempting to lead with discipline and even anger instead of love and patience. Today our relationship is thriving and I'm seeing merely a glimpse of the granule of the great love our God has for his children and how I love and care for my son. Recovery has not been easy, but I'm very grateful that God is settle, setting me on his path and leading me through the narrow gate. Each day I look at life and the blessings he, entru he has entrusted me with, and I am grateful that he led me through the doors of recovery. <sighs> Whether this is your first night here or you are six months in, I really truly want to encourage you to, to see this opportunity at being here in recovery as God pursuing you. Christ's attempt to rescue you. He does not want to leave us where we are. He seeks to know us. He seeks to love us and to lead, him to, lead us to himself. Thanks for letting me share.